1: Shot at the championship, through three and
2: four for the final time, Kyle Busch is going to win in the desert.
0: <laughs>
3: Week is finally here. Welcome to NASCAR America, everybody. Presented by Mobile One. Carol Amano, alongside our Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett and our NASCAR on NBC race analyst Jeff Burton and Steve Littart joining us from Charlotte today on the show. An exclusive interview with Kevin Harvick, suspended crew chief Rodney Childers. We're going to bring you that shortly. First, a look at our poll question for the entire week this week, and that is the only thing that anybody cares about. (laughs) Who is going to win the Monster Energy Cup Series title? You can go to NBCSports.com slash NASCARVote. Choose your championship for driver, Kyle Busch. Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Joey Logano. Let us know what you think right now. Evenly split, I would say. Joey Logano coming up a little bit short, but still plenty of time for those fans to get on board. I hope
1: somebody there can tell us (laughs) who's going to make this happen because that's been the question since yesterday was over.
3: You can vote the entire week uh, online. Meantime, 18 teams certainly asserting themselves Sunday at Phoenix, so let's waste no time and revisit the race here. Final race, of course, in the round of eight. Kevin Harvick, after a crazy week, found himself on the pole. Tony Gibson back on the box for Rodney Childers. We're going to hear from both of them today on the show. And Steve, near the end of Stage 1, some problems for Kevin Harvick.
4: Well, this is the first issue for the 4 of Kevin Harvick all weekend. Dominant in practice and dominant to start the race, leading over 70 laps, although 9 didn't let him get out there very far. Eventually, Kevin Harvick flat right front tire right at the end of the stage. Got to pit road. That gave Chase Elliott the win in Stage 1, and perhaps more of a penalty for the 4 of Kevin Harvick no stage points looked like he was going to get 10 points for winning ended up with zero.
3: Four under the cut line prior to stage two and the drama of course would continue we were wondering what would be possible jeff lap 133 clint boyer getting into the wall
2: yeah clint boyer and his team had not run well at the start of this race but they had actually rallied and had a pretty good race car right before this wreck uh the crew chief had just told the spotter hey we got a car that can win this race they had gained a lot of speed unfortunately left rear tire failed saw that a lot Probably from going off the banking and just hurting the left the side of the tire and Clint Boyer's day and championship, hopes we done.
3: And then on the ensuing caution, Kurt Busch with the big mistake here, he would have a lot of trouble accepting this.
1: Yeah, he didn't understand exactly what the rule was here, but you cannot pass the pace card. NASCAR pointed this out specifically in the drivers, meeting to the drivers, one lap
4: penalty for him.
3: Kyle Busch would benefit. He would end stage two strong, Steve.
4: Well, Caroline, I had no idea how valuable tires would be, but Kyle Busch showed us very quickly. He came to Pit Road, got four fresh tires, made up a bunch of spots on the restart, eventually easily driving by the 78, getting that valuable stage win. He didn't need the points, but it had to feel good to get up there and lead this race. And you see, once again now, Kevin Harvick in, Chase Elliott out by five points.
3: Five above the cut line and getting into the final stage. Fireworks would continue here, Jeff. Chase Elliott passing Kyle Busch for the lead. Harvick 21 below the cut line at that point.
2: Yeah, Chase Elliott wasn't done. He had new tires right here, better tires than the 18, but he had a fast race car all day. Uh, Chase Elliott taking the lead. Changed the game for Kevin Harvick. He immediately hit pit road.
3: The caution would come out, and, and during this caution, Elliott nailed for speeding. Everything changed here, DJ, at yeah, that time. Yeah,
1: exactly. We couldn't keep up with everything that was happening, but a big mistake here by Chase Elliott. He thought that he was okay, but these drivers put this so close now uh, that sometimes you're, you're just a
4: little bit over, and it's very costly.
3: The moment of the race, seat would happen with 43 laps to go.
4: Hands down, the moment of the race. The 41 had recovered, the nine had recovered. This was the race for the win. Danny Hamlin up the racetrack, collects the 41, and who does he hit coming back across the racetrack? But the nine of Chase Elliott, single-handedly, one accident, takes out two major names in the playoff picture. Chase Elliott and Kurt Busch.
3: That really kind of tickled me, DJ, at the time that these playoff drivers just have a knack for finding each other when yes. it absolutely is the worst possible timing.
4: Well,
1: they're all there because they're <laughs> racing each other. That's why they're a part of this, unfortunate uh, for the 9 and the 41 there. And
3: then the final restart here, uh, Jeff and Steve, Eric Almarola with a chance. He needed a win.
2: Yeah, he had to win this race, restarting on the
3: outside. That just was not where he wanted to be all
2: day long. He gave it his best shot. You can see he drove in the corner just a little bit too hard, washes up the racetrack. That opened the door for Keselowski, who had newer tires. And of course, you see his teammate getting by him as well. Keselowski just could not run Kirk Kyle down. He had to fast the faster car, but just ran out of time.
3: So, Kyle Busch runs away from the field for his eighth victory of the year. Says to everybody, yeah, I'm a title contender, except for Rutledge Wood. He had to get out of the way there so that the foul <laughs> could happen. I'm sure Rutledge was okay with that. So, Kyle Busch picking up the big win. He is one of four who will now go for the title. Beyond the playoff drivers, there were some great efforts on Sunday. That included William Byron in ninth. That was enough to clinch rookie of the year honors. And you see Bubba Wallace there in 10th place. But the star of the day, Kyle Busch. Dave Burns spoke with Busch and his crew chief Adam Stevens after the race.
5: Kyle, you didn't have to win
0: today. But how much Miami Mojo does this give the 18 team now going into next week? Uh, well
1: I'd like to think it gives us a lot but I don't know talk is cheap you know we, we've got to be able to go out there and perform and just do what we need to do and being able to do what we did here today was um, was certainly beneficial I mean I didn't think we were the, the best car um, you know but we, we survived we did what we needed to do today and um, you know it's just uh, it's just about getting to next week and once we were kind of locked in it was all bets are off you got to go you know
2: I think it's just important to prove to ourselves that we're firing on, on all cylinders you know we didn't have the best weekend last week. We overcame some adversity this week, and, uh, you know, it kind of shows what we got and shows what we're made of
3: championship four in the Monster Energy Cup Series are indeed the best of the best. Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick are the top four drivers in multiple categories this season. That includes top five finishes, best average finish, laps led. All of them deserve to be there, but it was Kyle Busch who will carry momentum down to Miami, where he will make his fourth straight appearance in the championship four. The first of those appearances in 2015 ended with a title. Also, Sunday's win at Phoenix, the eighth of the season, tied with Kevin Harvick now for the most in the monster energy cup series you look at the numbers dj we thought that the big three might get to this point joey logano making it four but is this the strongest group of playoff drivers that this format has ever seen to advance to this point
1: yeah you know we can sit here and talk about how strong they are that we've talked about the big three all year and then who is going to be that fourth joey logano showed strength as they got into the playoffs But you you don't have to believe what we're telling you. Just look at the numbers. Uh, These numbers do not lie that that these four drivers are the best, have been the best. Uh, And when you start talking about top fives, that's being there week in and week out, getting the job done, laps led. And and that's what it's going to take is being there this weekend and trying to win that championship. And these four drivers have separated themselves from everyone else in these categories. You
3: know, Steve, you look at the numbers, but at the same time, it certainly wasn't a gimme on Sunday. I mean, you guys know calling the race. There were a number of scenarios where we saw these other their drivers Kurt Busch and Chase Elliott really asserting themselves and, and making a case for why they belong
4: yeah Caroline I was very vocal all year Jeff that I didn't think all three of the big three would make Miami I thought there was too many obstacles and at one point I thought I looked pretty smart when the 41 <laughs> and the nine were out there running so good but in the end I don't think the big three went out and dominated as much as the guys that while they did find speed in their race cars they couldn't execute the 41 making that pit entrance mistake the nine getting caught for speeding Look, the big three are too fast. You can't spot them track position. That's what they ended up doing. So I was wrong. All three are at the table in Miami. And when we talk about the numbers, it is impressive. Joey Logano's have a great year, but it's dominated by three names. I would expect the race to be no different. I think going to Miami, I think the big deal is they've all been there before.
2: You know, having been there, done that, I think that matters, that pressure of, of being in that situation. They've all experienced it. And Joey Logano is the only one that hasn't won a championship, but he's been there. He's experienced it. He's, he knows what this week feels like. So every year it seems like we go there, there's a one guy or maybe two guys that have never felt that experience and don't understand that pressure. We don't have that. It's going to be interesting to see who can play mind games. The talking will get started here in a few days. You know, who starts that up? But every one of these guys, I think, is, is built to, to, to go win this championship emotionally.
4: Well, and I think every time we're in the booth and we go to look at the timing and scoring, we're not going to have to search up and down to find out where these four drivers are. I expect all four to be in the top five or six in practice, all four to be to the top ten in qualifying. Every restart, I expect all four to be somewhere in the top two yeah. or three or four rows. And I think that's what makes this battle even more interesting is every year it's taken a win. There's no doubt in my mind this year. Unless there's a fluke accident, it's going to take a win. It wouldn't shock me if they're one through four at the finish line. We've seen it every year. And we've seen Rex in the race
2: involving playoff guys. Uh, the intensity gets picked up. Uh, and you can make a case that these are the best four ever, but they're the most competitive to each other. That's what I find fascinating. Martin Truex Jr. has not really had the speed throughout the whole year. But you light off that 78 car with on a one race situation, and what was a penalty to them in that that shop is closing up, now becomes an asset yeah. because now they've gotten there. Now they're there. This is their chance to leave their mark on the sport and do something that may never be done again. A team from Colorado has a shot to win a championship. I mean that's a motivational deal, and it you know we were worried about, excuse me we were worried about it preventing them from making the playoffs the championship race, but this may be an asset to them at this point.
3: I think that yeah. incident with Joey Logano honestly lit a fire under the 78 gate. Martin yeah. Trix Jr. in a new way. Yeah. Um, what say you?
2: Yeah,
1: I, I agree. I, I think that they have a renewed spirit there now, and they know that they're getting kind of to the place that, that helps them, has helped them over these two years, be competitive week in and week out. I think there's something else that we need to point out. Jeff Burton right there. All three of the big three should probably go to Jeff Burton and say, hey, thanks. When all of this was being put together a couple of years ago about how we were going to do stage points, how the regular season should really... Really matter these guys even though Kyle Bush went on and won yesterday it was actually going to be what allowed him to go race for that win at the end was his body of work and having all of those points put together that's how Harvick got through that's exactly how Martin Truex got through all of this and being able to race the way they won and Jeff Burton was a big reason that all of that was put together the way that it was so that the entire season mattered even though we're coming down to one race that matters now to, to decide our champion no
3: listen it's a great point and like Jeff just mentioned these drivers have been acutely aware of where each other are through Throughout the yes. entire regular season, yeah. to your point, heading into the playoffs. Eric Gomerola did absolutely everything that yeah. he could to prevent Kevin Harvick from advancing to the championship on Sunday. But to that end of drivers knowing <laughs> exactly what's at stake as it relates to the other contenders, here is what the 10-team said on the radio before the final restart.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much the same. If we win, the four's out. The four is of a 30-point right now. We don't win. 10-4. I can tell you one
2: thing. The 18 knows if we win that he ain't got a race, Harvick.
0: When Amarola is second, and you guys are first, and if Amarola wins, that knocks Harvick out. Is there any thought going through your mind, like, do you, that wouldn't be bad if Amarola won?
2: Yeah, I couldn't really drive my pit box out there and make anything happen. But, uh, you know, we we were aware of the situation, um, mathematically, you know, we're not oblivious to it. But, you know, there were so many cars on us that had just pitted and had four tires, um, and, you know, there were, 15 or so laps to go. So it wasn't like we could freeze the race right there and make that situation happen. But um, it wouldn't have upset me if it did happen, but we weren't going to do anything to make it happen.
1: As you're up there, you got Almirola. His win could keep Kevin Harvick from being somebody you have to race at Homestead. I'm pretty sure all you cared about was winning this race, and you'll deal with Homestead next week. That never entered a winner's mind, right? Uh, it
5: did enter my mind. I, I knew, oh. I knew, that, really. I knew oh. that fact,
1: but uh, the thing about it was, is like, look, you know, I'm, I'm here to win the race, and just like what you said, you know, we're going to deal with Homestead when Homestead comes, and, and however that is, and whoever makes it.
3: <laughs> DJ, a little surprised, I think, by <laughs> the reaction much. that you got. Um, Kyle Busch was in an honest mood. But Steve, what do you make of the radio communication from the 10 team in that moment?
4: Well, listen, I was saying, I said on the broadcast, I, I mean, <laughs> look, there are strategies to try to eliminate your competitors, and that was a potential strategy, but in the end, I think what Adam Stevens and both Kyle Bush said is that they were there to win the race, and I think that's why they're here currently. I've always said, Kyle and I have not always seen eye to eye, I don't always agree with some of his actions, but never have I doubted his motivation behind the wheel. It has always been to go out and absolute dominate. Trucks, Xfinity, Cup, first stage, second stage, final stage, it doesn't matter. Kyle Busch wants to lead every practice, every lap, every restart. And, you know, I mentioned it because it was real. And I I knew if the 10 was talking about it, we should talk about it, that if he could somehow lose the race to the 10, it would eliminate perhaps the other favorite heading to Miami. But we all knew Kyle Busch wasn't going to pull over.
2: Yeah, it would have been beneficial for Kyle Busch to have the 10 car win the race, but I'm glad we're not talking about that today. Yeah. Not that I wouldn't have been cool to see Eric Almirola win, but if he went and just took it from him, that's great. Uh, but, you know, our sport's got to be about being competitive, getting all you can, all you, all you, every opportunity you can. So, you know, I, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to race Kevin Harvick any more than Kevin Harvick would want to race Kyle Busch. If you could eliminate them somehow, that'd be great. If you could do that with pitch strategy or something like that, that's fine. But to intentionally let someone go... That would be crossing the edge. I'm glad we're not talking about well,
4: it. Well, plus winning still matters. And there's yes. momentum there. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if it's your eighth time this year, DJ. You go to Victory Lane, <laughs> pick crew, shop guys. Everybody has to like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, because there are bonuses there for those guys that that <laughs> uh, that matter too. But I think the biggest thing, that was probably just a fleeting moment because they were looking. These drivers amaze me how much they're in tune oh, with yeah. everything that's going on and then getting the job done. And I'm sure that Kyle Busch was very honest with us right there. I'm sure that was just a fleet fleeting thought that, hey, I could change this. But then, how bad and maybe stupid would you feel if you go to Homestead and Eric Almirola beats you for the championship? <laughs> then then the whole plan backfires. Just
3: quickly, you agree with Jeff that the repercussions of pulling yes, over would yes. be they disastrous weren't do that. for the sport. No, it,
1: it would be. Not the best thing. Kyle Busch had that in mind. He actually mentioned that, too, in another part of the interview there, that that after NASCAR came up after Richmond a number of years ago, that in the spirit of racing, you're going to race as hard as you possibly can uh, to not uh, change the outcome of the race in that way and and that's just not what the sport is and I'm glad to see that Kyle went on and put that behind him and did his (laughs) job the
3: right way all right just getting started here on NASCAR America here's what we've got ahead for you today over the next hour for four drivers this playoff cut was the deepest we're going to go over what went wrong for the four that were eliminated in the desert on Sunday Crew Chief Rodney Childers couldn't join his four-team in Phoenix, but he still had his finger on the pulse of what was going on. We are going to hear from him in a one-on-one interview with Marty Snyder. When the weekend began, Joey Logano declared himself the championship favorite. But as we head for Miami, do we still believe that to be true? He might. What about everybody else? And then one of the great rookie seasons in Xfinity Series history continued on Saturday. Highlights from Christopher Bell's latest victory when we come back
6: nascar america is brought to you by mobile one annual protection proven protection for twenty thousand miles
3: sunday night all eyes will be on the windy city and the battle for nfc north supremacy kirk cousins and the minnesota vikings take on mitch trubisky and the chicago bears football night in america 7 eastern kickoff at eight twenty. sunday night only on nbc so while we're talking football here for a minute, our Football Night in America team jumped into the iRacing simulator to try to navigate oh, Miami. Awesome. And DJ, wow. I use try here as <laughs> the key
1: oh, word. I think they've torn up Parker's car, haven't they? Oh the my The best goodness. part
3: was uh, the Mike Tirico watch party in there. <laughs> Everybody, what do you, Steve uh, and Jeff, what do you think? This is just disastrous. As long as they don't
2: make us get hit by football players, I'm good at <laughs> laughing about this.
3: <laughs> Like Florio giving it his best effort, but somehow managing to find the wall. I would say um, just probably leave it to the pros, fellas.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those simulators aren't easy to drive, but that racetrack isn't easy to drive either. Yeah,
3: that's right. They got a good thing going on Football Night in America. Maybe stick to that. Uh, Kurt Busch is certainly a pro. We know that. The 2004 Cup champions bid for a second title came to an end on Sunday, although he was in contention throughout the race. The pace car penalty on lap 136 really left him reeling.
0: Sorry guys, 35 races. Just put it away right of that. My bad.
2: Oh, Don't give up yet. It ain't over. Points are uh, basically been reset off the 78.4, same as we came into it. The nine gained. A couple on us. He's still seven behind us.
0: Put a little book off next time too when I pit, So I can read it.
2: Kurt, take a
1: deep breath. You got a fast race car you got a lot of time to get there you just need to you got to take a deep breath get your head back in this don't worry about that damn pit stop right now it's over with worry about these next
4: 155 laps all right
6: bud you know even the uh, pit road penalty if it's black and white uh, i just need to get updated on my rule book and understand that what i did doesn't gain me anything but if it's a rule if it's black and white then so be it but we charged back up through there you know, it was great to have Stuart right there to, to help me out, you know, like a like a coach who's been through it before. And he he coached me back in, too, to get back in the groove. And we were coming. We were there. It was one of the best cars I've ever had at Phoenix. And I feel like I let my guys down, but I'm not going to second guess anything. Racing for the win, trying to advance and didn't get the job done. So thanks to Gene Haas, Haas Automation, Monster Energy.
0: We'll go to Homestead and uh, race for fun.
3: Hmm. It was devastating to not make it to the championship four for Kirk Bush. I think that's fair to say. Yep. Tony Stewart getting on the radios and really being the calming presence that he needed in a time where he was starting to fly off the handle a bit.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I understand Kirk Bush's frustration there, but it is the rule. And the rule was actually told to the drivers in the driver's meeting aside from the video that they seen they made a point so the drivers understood that but you're not always paying attention in those drivers meetings because this was the 35th time this year you've been through all of that uh but it does as part of your job as a driver to understand everything there and the frustration but he still had a fast enough race car to get themselves in that position but i think there were two things that stand out to me about that is that i understand kurt we've known him to go off at times, but Tony Stewart getting on there in the role of an owner and understand what a driver is going through. Tony's been known to, to do that, too, but to have that calming effect on Kurt, who then drove back up through and put himself in position once again to possibly win the race and get in the Final Four.
3: Yeah, Tony's resume as a driver speaks for itself. Probably yes. helped him along the way. He knows exactly what that feels like. Steve, also a very poignant moment when everything was over. Uh, Tony Stewart consoling Kurt. This was really tough to see. It, it had a sense of finality to it in my mind. What did you think when you saw this?
4: Well, I think that's well put. It's, it's the finality for two things, right? Kurt Busch won't be back in the 41 next year. He's not going to come back to Stuart Haas Racing. I think he got the opportunity to drive for Gene Haas and Tony Stewart. He would have loved to deliver a championship. And the other thing I think we all forget, and we said it, Jeff, this starts in February. So much anticipation, so much expectation to the new year. You pack the hauler up with all new equipment. You go down to Daytona with the goal to make the playoffs. And then once you're in the playoffs, the goal is to make Miami. And it's not a race loss. It's not one mistake. It's basically season over. The season for the 41 has been a success, but it was Miami or bust, and they didn't advance.
2: With maybe the best race car. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. So when, when, when Kurt Busch got back in the pack, and we talked about Harvick having the best car, Kurt Busch ran Harvick down like Harvick was a 10th place car. And so Kurt Busch knows that. And the the, deject, the 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 dejection is because it was there. The opportunity to win that race was real. It wasn't, a, you know, we have a 10th place car, and we play the right strategy, we can be in a position. They had the speed to win that race. And when you have the speed to win a race, every race is special. But this one... Is huge because it gives you a chance to win a championship. And uh, that, that's why Kurt was so disappointed. I don't blame him. I'd have been disappointed. Too. We've all made mistakes. Uh, his mistake came at a very inopportune time, unfortunately, for him and his team. But
4: gosh, they had enough speed well, to win that. And race. the composure to recover. Carolyn, don't forget, I mean, it was an accident with Denny Hamlin that eliminated him. I know the pit penalty got him behind, but he had clawed all the way back. He was still in position.
3: Yeah, you got yeah. the sense that Denny Hamlin also knew it was on the line because sure. he said, "I just absolutely hate hate that that yeah. happened to a yeah. driver like Kurt Busch." Yeah,
4: he hated that. Denny Hamlin
1: didn't do anything wrong in that. He's racing. He's racing for a win. That mm. you know, and that's what separates our sport from other sports. Whenever they're in the playoffs, and and it's just one team against another. Everybody else is out here trying to do their job too. But that that shot right there with with Tony and with Kurt, uh, says a lot about the sport. Sometimes we forget because we think of these drivers just being hard nosed and nothing but win and they don't care about anything else or anybody else and we saw two champions right there uh really consoling each other and understanding the situation and how big a moment that really was yeah,
3: well said by everybody uh we are down in the championship four though that's yeah. kind of how it goes we move on the sport moves on you can make a strong case for each of these drivers taking the title in miami do any of them have a certain something that can put them over the top we'll discuss when we come back Furniture Row Racing owner Barney Visser making sure to congratulate the entire 78 crew after Martin Truex Jr. made the championship for Sunday at Phoenix. As the team faces shutdown after the season, they are looking to go out as back-to-back Cup Series champions in Miami. A nice moment there from the weekend. And Furniture Row, one of four organizations now in the Cup Series title hunt. Marty Snyder has more from the Stuart Haas Race Shop.
6: Well, Carolyn, how could penalties help two of the championship four teams? Well, obviously, we've been talking about Rodney Childers and the folks here at Stuart Haas Racing. Because of his penalty and being suspended for the last two races of the season, he was able to be at the shop all last weekend. I texted with him a couple of times and he said, Hey, man, I'm working on our Miami car here at the shop. So, in between practice sessions, in between everything before and after the race, he was working on that Miami car, getting it ready. And that car that Kevin Harvick will take this weekend to try and win a championship is. one of their better cars in their stable. It won Atlanta earlier this year and most recently ran the Southern 500 where it finished fourth, so they have a lot of confidence in that car. Another penalty team, Martin Truex Jr. and his guys. Remember, they had inspection issues Friday before qualifying at Phoenix, and the furniture row guys wasted no time. They got Blake Harris, the car chief, who was kicked out of the racetrack on a flight immediately from Phoenix to Denver. He then spent Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday working on their Miami primary car. Colpern told me that was the huge advantage of Blake not being at the racetrack. We're way ahead on our preparation and they need that. Obviously they're based in Denver, Colorado. So they have 24 hours less to get ready for the championship race than everyone on the East Coast. They have to load their hauler by Tuesday night. They expect to do so and get the car on the way to Miami. Speaking of all the teams on the East Coast, talk to Todd Gordon about that and the work they'll put in. He said Monday is really our final touches on the car itself. Then Tuesday and Wednesday will focus solely on setup, making the plan for the entire race weekend, which we will stick to on Friday and Saturday and hopefully execute and get ourselves to a championship. And the 22 team, did something very interesting. They had a car swap with Ryan Blaney. Now Joey Logano's backup car is Ryan Blaney's old primary car for Miami. They took those cars to the wind tunnel, found out that car was a little bit better, so the 12 team gave up that car to be the backup car for Joey Logano this weekend. In turn, Ryan Blaney gets the car that Joey Logano was going to use as his backup, the car that led 100 laps at Kansas just a few weeks ago. Team Penske doing everything they can to try and win a championship in 2018. And that leaves Kyle Busch and his race team. The competition meeting today at Joe Gibbs Racing for everyone at JGR. And Kyle said some interesting things post-race yesterday after his big win at Phoenix he said I think this is the closest the championship four has ever been I think at some point in the race at Miami we'll be running one two three four I'm confident in that so every lap every pass is going to be critical when it comes down to the race Sunday on Miami but as Kyle said I like the position our team is in no doubt we have the most momentum going into that championship race
3: Great report from Marty there. Steve, help me understand something. I understand the car swap. I understand Joey Logano having the added advantage of being able to tweak things early with that team because they earned their right into the playoffs before this past weekend. But how does it make any sense that penalties can end up being a good thing for two teams competing for a championship?
4: Well, the penalties aren't the good thing. It's how the teams react to the penalties that make them an advantage. And I think that's like that in any sport. You have to find the good in anything. Uh, you know, we're saying that now because Kevin Harvick advanced through. But if that right front tire goes flat a lap earlier, if he drags through the sway bar arm, if he drags through the splitter, um, if the nine doesn't wreck and outruns the uh, the four on the racetrack or the 41 wins, then we're thinking how much that penalty hurt. The penalty was last week. That was Texas. That had nothing to do with Phoenix. The only penalty was to not have his personnel there. It just shows the depth of Stuart Haas racing that Tony Gibson can climb on top of the pit box, lead that team to do what they needed to do to advance. And the 78 same thing, you know, they, they have issues with inspection. He's not the first car chief to be sent home. The wherewithal of that organization to say, you know what, get him back to the shop, let's get prepping. So the penalties aren't the advantage, it's how you react to the penalties that show why these teams are part of the four racing in Miami for a championship. Yeah. Yeah. Carolyn, I think sometimes the
2: teams, you know, they convince themselves they're doing something that's going to help them, right? Like, so if it was advantageous for your crew chief to stay back at the shop, Todd Gordon, Joe DiGano's crew chief, he would have never left and gone to Phoenix. Because they were in. They were had already won, and they were moving on to, to Miami should. anyway. So <laughs> if it was advantageous, he would have stayed at home. So I think Rodney Childress, and, and, you know, trying to find a bright spot out of a bad situation, was just doing the best he could. And what else are they going to say? I mean, once they got into the – once they do it, I mean, all you can do is deal with it and – I think that's more messaging than it was actual fact. Come
4: on, Carolyn, don't you know us, crew chiefs, We're car salesmen? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, I'm starting to figure that out. I'm not sure I'm buying what you two are selling down there. What do you think, DJ? Well,
4: you have to
1: go through this, and I think you'd look at it like a a football roster that you have to have depth in there, and and that's exactly what Stuart Haas has shown that they had. You have to be ready for any type situations, whether you have a quarterback injured and someone steps in to get the job done until he can get back there. And so, yeah, is everything fair about the penalties and all of that? That. we could discuss that uh, for the rest of the week and on the next year but the fact is is that they are making the most of a bad situation and I think that's what you have to do just as Steve said
3: plus we don't want to talk about penalties this week because that's no. really boring and no. we have a championship to talk about the trash talking by the way has already begun you <laughs> oh, know yeah. that firsthand Kyle Bush did not exactly uh, mince words when he was <laughs> asked about the odds for Sunday's championship race let's take a listen back
2: if you can see this
1: screen here, the odds. You're a Vegas guy. Yeah. Uh, look at how tight this race is going to be. Vegas wow. is saying, you and Harvick, the favorites at 11 to 5. Truex, not far behind, 11 to 4. Logano 7 to 2. So much for his
2: talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's so why we begins. love you, man. You <laughs> That's, why, that we Mike and you. I That's
1: you. why we love you, dude. <laughs> Looking
3: forward to it. In case you missed it earlier, Logano <laughs> called himself the title favorite at the beginning of the weekend. Um, at that Kyle time,
1: P- he was the only one in. I do push. That's
3: something to say about that. All right, let's uh, let's put everybody on the hot seat now for a minute and get down to brass tacks here. Who do you think is going to win this title?
1: Uh, I think it's Kevin Harvick uh, to be a. He's had the fastest race car throughout the playoffs. Uh, if they can stay out of
4: their own way and have things happen, then I think Kevin Harvick's the man.
3: Steve, do you agree?
4: I think it's a coin flip between Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch. It's going to come down to the details, the final restart, something like that. Um, I could put either of those two in victory lane. Really, the odds maker know what they're doing because they're all technically favorites, by the way. Odds are presented, but uh, I think it's either the 4 or the 18 for sure.
2: Kevin Harvick's had the most consistent speed all year long. Uh, i got to go with Kevin Harvick, but I, I don't get two picks, but I will tell you I that i did, <laughs> yeah, I so got to but, but I I pick one, but... I just think Joey Logano's pit crew is going to give him a shot to win that championship. I think if they can stay in the top three or four, run in the top four, get them down pit road, late race restart, he could come out with the lead. I, I, I think they're a real factor.
3: Yeah, percentages are changing pretty quickly. You can always go to NBCSports.com slash NASCARVOTE, by the way. Coming up, Kevin Harvick earned a spot in the championship four without Ronnie Childers atop the pit box. So what did Childers think about his performance? We are going to hear from him in an exclusive interview with Marty Snyder when we come back. For four title contenders, it is 400 miles to history in Miami. NASCAR's ultimate prize on the line in the Monster Energy Cup Series championship race. Logano, Harvick, Bush, and Truex. Sunday, 3 Eastern on NBC.
6: For an old man on medication, this is too much pressure. you won below the cut line. How are you holding up? Uh, I'm doing all right, I guess. My wife didn't send enough medicine for this. so <laughs> Next time, honey, send more if you don't mind. Um, but yeah, it's been a crazy day.
3: Tony Gibson has dealt with some health problems this year. He actually suffered a stroke in July, but all smiles atop the pit box, although he did say that this is the most nervous he's ever been on top of the pit box in his entire career. Talk about pressure. He thinks he's a little too old for this. Use the hashtag retired. However, I think some would disagree because his resume speaks for itself. And earlier today, Marty spoke to Rodney Childers about Gibson's performance and the week ahead.
6: Well, Carolyn, it's good to see this guy's face, Rodney Childers, hanging out here at Stewart Haas Racing today. So I want to go back to last week, and I I saw what you said on social media, toughest week of, of your life. What was the whole week like for you and everyone here at the shop?
5: Uh, it was tough, but, you know, overall, everybody did a great job. You know, it's, it's all about preparing the car the best you can, and, and uh, everybody did a good job of that. Everything throughout the weekend went smooth, and um, until, until the race it was a little bit hectic, but overall it was a good week.
6: When you and I were chatting on Saturday, you said, man, I'm busy on that Miami car. I mean, was it may, maybe a bit of an advantage to be here just focusing on that car kind of ahead of the game where you normally wouldn't have had that time?
5: Well, it was, uh, it, it did work out good. We were able to get some updates done on Friday that we would normally not get to do until Monday. So um, I had the whole shop kind of turned upside down at one point. But overall, you know, everybody was working hard on it and, and uh, trying to get it prepared best we could. We
6: talked about you being in the, the war room here at Stuart Haas, kind of keeping up with everything. How different was that for you and how tough was that communication from, you know, Canapolis to Phoenix?
5: Yeah, I mean that's something that you always learn from in, in these situations, and um, you know there, there's definitely a lot of information there that you can you can learn and, and to figure out and to look at pictures and to see you know what the car looks like. But overall, you know, um, it wasn't terrible, but you know I definitely miss being at the racetrack.
6: So what was the difficult moment for you? I'm assuming when the tire went down, you were you were panicked and freaking out.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you're just watching it on TV, you know, it's about a lap and a half behind, so you don't know what exactly is going on. So um, that that was a panic situation, especially being right there at the stage break and trying to figure out if we were going to be able to do the wave around and all that. So um, I hate that happened, but everybody pulled through in the end and, and got us to the end of it.
6: All right, let's talk about Tony Oldman Gibson filling in for you. So, could you have picked, could you have had a better guy to pull off the bench than that? I mean, he was so calm. I, I told my spotter a couple times that sounds exactly like Rodney on the radio. You, he sounded identical to you.
5: Yeah, that's the good thing about Tony. He's been around a long time. He's been through a lot of different situations, and we have a great uh, relationship. So uh, we talked about a lot of things before they went out there and stayed in communication throughout the weekend, and he did a great job of uh, keeping everybody under control and keeping everybody calm. All
6: right, as we focus on Miami, how do, what's the rest of the week look like for you guys? Is it, is it late hours until Wednesday evening and you load the car? Like what's the week going to look like?
5: Yeah, that, that's kind of how it always is for Homestead. You know, it'll be a little bit late tonight and tomorrow night, and then hopefully get loaded up on Wednesday and, and you know, let the truck head on down there and, and uh, get it cleaned up and ready to, to pull in.
6: For you guys, how do you feel about your chances in this race? Obviously, Kevin's been, you know, spectacular when the back's been against the wall. They've been able to answer the bell. But at this racetrack, it's a racetrack you only go to once a year.
5: Yeah, I mean, overall, we've been good every time we've been down there. I think we finished in the top three or four every every race, you know, all four that that we've been down there. So uh, we feel like we've got strong cars this year, probably better than what we've been. And, and hopefully we can get the balance right while we're down there and, and uh, bring it to victory lane.
6: I'm sure you don't want to be in the war room on Sunday. So what's the plan? Will you be in Miami? Are you working out that now?
5: Um, that's still in process. I, I really don't know how we're going to do that. Um, you know, I actually talked to NASCAR this morning on what will be allowed and, and, uh, the, you know, they're working through it on their side and then we'll figure it out on our side.
6: If you're there, will you, will you ask the question, can I come down and celebrate if we win the championship?
5: Yeah, I mean, that would be up to them, Uh, you know, whatever's right for them and what's right for the sport. But, you know, everybody on this team have worked hard all year. And, you know, if that was to happen, hopefully uh, we can celebrate together.
6: Well, Carolyn, I'm not sure that Rodney has left the four walls of Stuart Haas in a couple of days. Hopefully he gets a little bit of rest, but hopefully at the track this weekend in Miami.
3: And to that end, we appreciate him spending a couple of minutes with us, shedding some light on some of the stuff that he's been going through, Steve. As a crew chief, this is a crew chief and driver pairing that have won 34 races this year together. They've been entirely dominant. And now, at the biggest moment, after nine months of hard work, he is back at the race shop. What do you think he's going through?
4: Well, I think it's going to be agonizing to not be able to drop that window net during practice, Jeff, and looking at your driver. I mean, words are one thing, they can be written in a computer or text or whatever it may be, but emotion can be felt through facial communications. Drivers like to talk with their hands, seeing the car on the racetrack. Homestead is one of those tracks. You can't see one and two very well, but you could see three and four wonderfully from on top of the truck in the cup garage. All of those things, he mentions the pictures. There's still a stream of information, but how you receive that information is totally different. And when you talk about a rapport between a driver and crew chief, it's that. It's that moment in practice where you can look at your driver and realize you're either good or you're bad. Maybe you need to hustle. Maybe you need to slow things down those all go on without really any words even being said. Yeah, and even those moments in the race where you know, everybody
2: says, well, the uh, crew chief from somewhere else can make the call and tell the, the, uh, the crew chief is acting as the crew chief that day, it doesn't happen that easily. Those are split-second decisions that have to happen immediately. And for Tony Gibson, I mean, that is a ton of pressure to be carrying on top of his shoulders, but he did a great job on Sunday. He'll, he'll, he'll do a great job again this Sunday, I believe, but we know, there's no doubt, We know that the pressure that these teams dealt with on 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 Sunday is going to happen again this week. It just is, and these split-second decisions are going to determine whether or not you can win a championship. And. That's going to be really, really hard for Rodney to watch someone else have to make those decisions.
3: 34 races run, 8 wins over the course of the season, and a fan on Victory Lap brought up what Marty mentioned at the very end of that interview. What happens now if they end up winning the championship? What will Rodney be allowed to do? We get the sense from Nate Ryan and Dustin Long, who are still looking into this with NASCAR, that NASCAR is still kind of figuring that out.
1: Yeah, they are, and hopefully they'll come up with the right decision, which in my mind is that Rodney Childress is a part of that race team. That race is over, and they're the champions. Then, Rodney children should be allowed to go down and celebrate uh, with the team that he led the driver that that he's paired with and uh, hopefully they'll make that decision he can be on the property he just can't go where uh, you have to have a hard car to get in so he can be in a suite uh, for the whole weekend uh, on his mo in his motor around the racetrack somewhere so he'll be a part of it but I fully believe and hope that they make that right decision that allows him if they are the champions to be a part of that
3: yeah all right coming up we are going to turn our attention to the Xfinity series now the drive of the season for super rookie Christopher Bell how did he go from the back? to the front and claim his spot in the championship race. We're going to find out and take a look back at the weekend in Xfinity when we come back.
1: One of the best in NASCAR
2: looking for another shot at the championship. My name's Cameron Waugh, I'm the front tire changer on the number 18, my name's Cameron. Kyle Busch is going to win in the desert! Woo!
0: have! Awesome
2: job, team. Huge win today for us, and a great momentum swing going into the finale. Kyle did a hell of a job on that restart. Having those fresh four tires against all those 2 tire cars uh, really paid dividends towards the end. Really looking forward to Miami, one more good weekend to uh, finish this thing off.
3: Yet another victory lane celebration from Kamwa and the 18 pit crew from Joe Gibbs Racing. They were able to get the job done on Sunday and help Kyle Busch lock into the championship four with that win at Phoenix. Joe Gibbs Racing also looking for an Xfinity Series title in Miami. Their driver, Christopher Bell, impressed this past weekend, faced a must-win situation, and after inspection issues kept him from qualifying, he had to start 38th on the grid. So a lot of work to do. (laughs) And by the way, you have to win.
1: Yeah, and this young man had spun out on the first lap of the previous two races uh, that he had been in, so he's in this must-win situation. But Justin Allguy knew what he needed to do too won the first stage here.
3: He was in control. Regular season champions swept both the stages. As we expected, restart's very important, and we saw it early in the final stage with John Hunter Nemechek leading Bell keep making moves, though.
1: Yeah, I think this is the move of the race to me, is, is to watch him go three wide uh, into turn three there for second place, trying to get in position to make this pass on John Hunter Nemechek for the lead.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, 55 laps to go would be Allgaier and Nemechek and Tyler Reddick that were involved in this incident, but unfortunately for Justin Algar, he took the worst
5: of it.
1: Yeah, it's just unfortunate, wrong place, wrong time, but this would lead to them having a lot of issues on the right front of there, running out of brakes eventually and taking away any uh, chances of being in the championship four.
3: In the end, it was Christopher Bell who claimed the seventh point of the season, back-to-back crashes entering Phoenix, but leaves with a spot in the championship four. I'll
2: be honest, after Kansas and Texas, I, uh, I kind of just accepted that we weren't going to be able to get there, and, I just came over here with a let's have fun attitude and um, to to start in the back and and we didn't really make our way up front that fast. Uh, I kind of got stalled out once I got into the top 15 and I knew this thing was really fast because yesterday
5: in practice, uh, it was really good and then that clean air just meant so much. My pit crew did an outstanding job. Jason kept making this thing better and better, but we're going to
3: Homestead, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You really can't say too much about the execution. I mean, he just really did exactly what he needed to do.
1: One of the most impressive things I've seen in years, uh, especially in the Xfinity Series, knowing the situation, what you had to do, starting in the rear on a very difficult racetrack, Christopher Bell uh, did everything to perfection.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, when you think about Elliot Sadler in this as well, DJ, I know he's a close friend of yours, missing yep. out on the chance to end his full-time career with the title. Have you spoken to him or gotten thoughts from him on, on the finality of that?
1: You know, I haven't just for the main reason just letting Elliot take it in and, and understanding the situation and I was going to reach out to him this week, but uh, really hard uh, to, to watch and, and feel for a good friend knowing that how much that meant to him. But, you know, he's had a lot of great things to happen. He's not going to let uh, this uh, determine uh, exactly what he thinks of his career and how everything went because he's had an outstanding career. Yeah,
3: so we're set up for an absolutely jam-packed weekend, multiple championships on the line coming up. We do have three of our best analysts in <laughs> here, so we're going to put them to the test today. DJ Jeff and Steve in the hot seat, championship edition of Rapid Fire when we come back. Stay with us.
4: is brought to you by Mobile One Annual
6: Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
3: Prepare for Championship Weekend NASCAR America, the place to be, of course. Tomorrow you will see the championship four hit New York with a visit to The Tonight Show and a special interview with my man DJ Here, They're all going to sit down together on Wednesday. Another Hall of Famer, Ray Everham, will be our guest. We love having Ray. And then on Thursday... We're going two hours, 5 to 7 Eastern, full coverage from Media Day in Miami. So plenty of driver interviews there as well. We've got a couple minutes left on the show here, so we thought we would do some rapid-fire questions, put you guys (laughs) to the test. I know you're exhausted. You've been traveling. Perfect time to hit you guys with something that you don't see coming. Um, Steve, let's start with you. You said earlier in the show and over the summer that one of the big three would not make the championship four. What do you think happened?
4: Uh, I think the other drivers that had a chance to beat him made mistakes. I think Chase Elliott and the forty-one had better cars at Phoenix, and they couldn't execute. If they would have executed, I think Kevin Harvick would have been eliminated.
3: All right, so Jeff Joey Logano, uh, who has been described as an underdog, unless you're talking to him, and says <laughs> he's the favorite. Does he have an advantage with those extra two weeks of prep for Miami?
2: Yes, I think he has an advantage. And I think, he's, but his bigger advantage, I think, much bigger advantage. I keep saying, I know tired people are tired hearing it. Spit crew is. Heads and shoulders about, every, about better than everyone else.
3: All right, we did a pretty good job of hitting those earlier on in the show. DJ, Martin Tricks Jr. hasn't won since Kentucky back in July. Is he the real underdog? I
1: really believe he is the underdog. They haven't performed at the, at the level that the other three that he's battling for this championship have in the playoffs.
3: All right, Steve, we're going to look ahead to next year already. Which of this year's championship four is going to be in the championship four next year?
4: Kyle Bush. That's I, it? Easy. Absolutely. Kyle Bush and Adam Stevens, how are you ever going to bet against them?
3: I'm not sure. Um, Jeff, will the winner of the championship on Sunday definitely win the race?
2: Uh, yes, he will win the race. <laughs>
3: okay. Um, DJ, if somebody outside the championship for wins the race on Sunday... Who's it going
2: uh, to be? Toss
3: up,
1: but it's going to be a Chevrolet, which hasn't won many. That, but I'm going to say Kyle Larson. He's always in the mix. Uh, that's his type we of race track. The other say is that. Chase Elliott. So, uh, okay. But, but uh, I think that he could be a factor in. It. But I really think Larson might go win.
3: What chance do you give Chase Elliott? We always say Kyle Larson's going to win at Miami.
1: Yeah, but I think Chase Elliott has shown the speed uh, to be a part of this and race with these guys. He very easily, uh, if he slides by there uh, yesterday, he could be a part of this championship.
3: Okay, war. Steve, the crew chief on Sunday, who's going to have the biggest impact on? the championship will be who
4: Cole Pern I think the team's closing it's the last shot I think it's swing for the fences or not plus I think he's going to be racing from behind I think it's going to be a big call I'm not sure it'll work out but at some point he's going to make a call to give his driver a chance
3: Jeff five years from now who's going to be the big three?
2: Oh, uh <laughs> Eric Jones let's see Eric Jones uh Joey Logano and uh Chase Elliott Joey Logano's
3: oh. in there you really? young. Wow. He's young. Yeah. Wow, wow. Okay, uh, DJ, true or false? Last one. Eric Almerol is going to make life difficult for Joey Logano on Sunday. Not
1: going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah, Why? You say things uh, in, in the heat of the moment, but that's not going to happen.
3: Okay. All right. Plenty ahead this week on NASCAR America. We're just getting started on this Monday. For all your news, you can always go to NBCSports.com NASCAR. Back tomorrow at 5, same time, same place.